I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. We worship at Island Creek Elementary School, 7855 Morning View Lane, every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. celebration. There's so much expectation in this story, and it doesn't matter what version of the Gospels you read. The, the hosannas in the story, they, they leap off the page and, and out of our mouths as, as we read them. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Blessed is the king of Israel. Hosanna, Hosanna, the people shout. And the Hosannas just ring out. In today's scripture, you heard that the greatest crowd that had ever come to see Jesus was lining the road to Jerusalem. They were shouting. They were rejoicing. They were so incredibly excited that at last Jesus was going into Jerusalem. This was it for them. This was the moment that they had been longing for and they were beside themselves with an uncontainable, over-the-top joy. But why? What was it about this day of 
of all days, about this road of all roads, about, about this moment of, of all moments. Well, we wave palms now too, right? And, and we sing Hosanna, but for us, it's, it's an anticipation of, of Easter. That's not what was happening here. They, they weren't anticipating Easter. So what brought all of these people out to see this particular man on this particular road to this particular place singing this particular praise of Hosanna, which means save us now? Well, to understand that, we, we really have to understand what life was like in the Roman Empire. It was mean, it was hard, it was, it was cruel. Most people lived at or even just below subsistence level. A society was built on honor and the result of an honor culture is the shame that most people live in. A lucky few got to sit at the very top and, and reap the benefits of having all the honor paid toward them. But, but for most people, especially women, especially slaves, especially slaves that were women, they lived in fealty toward their paterfamilias. The authority that the paterfamilias had was exacting. Consider this. Any child who was born into the household was presented by the midwife at the, the feet of the paterfamilias. And if he, and it was almost always a he, decided that it wouldn't be beneficial for the household to support that child, he would refuse to pick the baby up and that child would be killed. But this exacting nature belied a system that was even more exacting and oppressive. The Roman emperors required complete submission. I mean, many of them even declared themselves gods in their own right. In the age of, of empires, there was no way out of this system that privileged only a few and hurt so many and then comes this guy, this guy who, who was a nobody from nowhere. Nazareth was a backwater, hillbilly nothing of a place. Nathaniel tells his friend Philip in John 146, nothing good comes from Nazareth. But that's where Jesus is from. And, and he preaches a message that is the antithesis of the world around him. Blessed are the poor in spirit, he says, for theirs is the kingdom of, of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who mourn, who hunger and thirst, who are persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of of heaven. Sometimes I think we forget how radical this message really is. But in a world where, where might truly made right, Jesus came preaching a gospel to those who were suffering. 
to, to those who were being crushed by the weight of Rome's knee on their neck. So this message of, of blessing, it felt like a balm to their tired, exhausted souls. It, it felt like vindication for everything they had suffered. I mean, everything they were suffering. Jesus promised them a new kingdom, a new way of being, and they could not wait for it to start. So they showed up on the side of the road going into Jerusalem excited. This was it. People were saying that Jesus just might be the Messiah. He was going to be their rescuer, the Davidic king of prophecy, their, their vindicator. He was going to fight the wars of God, restore Israel, and bring about the kingdom of heaven. I mean, this, this was the Jewish expectation of the Messiah, and it was colored by their experience of, of empire. When Assyria, when Babylon, when, when the Roman Caesars conquered them, they would ride through the place on a steed displaying their, their military might. Someone who would fight the wars of God should look like Caesar right? Mighty, magnificent, powerful. They lined the road that day in excited expectation. But they didn't get Caesar. They, they didn't even get Nebuchadnezzar. They got Jesus, the hillbilly from the backwaters of Nazareth on a donkey. Sometimes you can be too familiar with a story that it, it no longer surprises you. And, and I think that almost 2,000 years of, of hearing this story told time and, and time again, we, we really struggle to hear it with, with new ears. These crowds you see, they expected a mighty king. They, they got a donkey. And over the course of the week, the, the crowd shouting Hosanna would give way to a crowd shouting, crucify him. In his letter to the first church, Corinth, Paul writes that the, the message of the cross is, is foolishness. In Greek, the term, though, is, is much harsher. He says the message of the cross is moronia. The story of the cross is the stuff of morons, of, of people without intelligence, of, of people who don't know which way is supposed to be up, of, of people who don't realize that kings don't ride donkeys. Kings don't die shamefully and, and publicly on a cross among common thieves and, and murderers. Kings, well, kings, they, they don't die at all. From his birth, Jesus defied the wisdom of the world. The great hope of mankind arrived as a vulnerable baby, not to parents of, of wealth and, and status, but to Mary, to Joseph, 
His teaching defied expectations. He didn't honor the religious leaders and, and the elite for their holiness, for the way they set themselves apart from, from others. He rebuked them for the way they, they missed the bigger point of what it looks to love God in word and, and in action. He, he didn't seclude himself in, in the temple, but instead hung out with prostitutes, tax collectors, and the, the ritually unclean. You know, Jesus might have taught us that the, the weak and the poor are blessed, but we don't live that out like it's our truth. Because in this world, it's it's not. And, and for the most part, we accept that this is the way in which the world works. We struggle to imagine that, that the world could be like anything else but this, because to do so would be foolish, moronic even. Even though we proclaim in our liturgy the, the mystery of faith, when, when we say Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again, I, I wonder if we don't think that that story sounds a little foolish still. I mean, in a world where, where we can create a, a vaccine that uses mRNA to teach ourselves how to make a protein, and then that then triggers an immune response in, in our bodies, I wonder if proclaiming the mystery of faith, or any mystery uh, for that matter, doesn't feel like anything more than a story for fools for morons even, for people without intelligence. I mean, it's a good story, we say, don't, don't get me wrong, but in the way that Harry Potter with his magic wand is a, is a good story, or, or in the way that, that Star Wars and, and the Force, right? Is a, is a good story. Not in, in the way that we would publicly proclaim that, that we actually believe in this mystery anywhere except in church without feeling some level of, of discomfort. And maybe we still feel it even when we are in church. I mean, in 21st century Northern Virginia, most of us don't deal in a, a whole lot of mystery. Uh, mysticism tends to leave us pretty squeamish. You know, and maybe not all of the time, but at least enough of the time that, that uh, when I asked a, a group of people what was preventing the kingdom of God from, from being real for them, Someone responded, oh, there's too many things wrong with the world. The, the kingdom of God isn't, isn't possible. That's, that's the wisdom of the world right there. But Paul, Paul reminds us that, that God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom. And, and God's weakness 
is stronger than human strength. God's wisdom is made manifest in, in the flesh of the one called Jesus, riding on the back of a donkey into Jerusalem. Jesus, Jesus knowing full well that in this city he will suffer. In this city he will be humiliated. His closest friends will desert him out of fear for their own lives. And his mother will weep at his feet. And in the ultimate show of weakness, he will die. And yet he still rides on the back of a donkey into the great city of Jerusalem. Where's the intelligence in that? Where's the wisdom in that? Well, uh, according to the world, there is none. But the story of Palm Sunday is not the world story authored by the world. It's a story where God, God is the author. And God's story never unfolds like we think it should. In Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he quotes this verse from Isaiah, where, where the prophet proclaims, the Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and, and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are, are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. Therefore, once more, I will astound these people with wonder upon wonder. The wisdom of the wise will perish. The intelligence of the intelligent will vanish. The Lord will astound us with wonder upon wonder, but not according to our rules, not according to our ways of living, not according to our own expectations, not according to the wisdom of the world. Today uh, on Palm Sunday, we line the road to Jerusalem with our palms shouting Hosanna. What expectations do you have of, of this guy named Jesus riding on the back of a donkey? Are your expectations of a, of a triumphant king who is going to fight all the wars of God and, and show up on a glorious steed ready to slay your dragons too? Or... Do your expectations lie at the, the other end of the spectrum? And, and you're just here for a, a good story that, that gets us through the mess of, of mystery and, and death and, and on to Easter brunch and, and hopefully to some post-Easter scripture that, that just sort of skips any mention of mystery and, and tells us how to be good people. What? 
What are your expectations? What expectations do you have? This, this is God's story. And in God's story, Jesus dies. But after Jesus dies, Jesus lives holy and completely alive. And through his living, we live with him. Transformed by, by his death to be whole and, and complete in our living, to be blessed with abundant eternal life and, and made for a kingdom that is so unlike anything we have ever known in this world that we can scarcely imagine it. This week, like Paul, we will speak God's wisdom, which is a mystery, not human rules. We will proclaim Christ crucified and, and we will proclaim that the intelligence of the world ha has vanished, that the wisdom of the world ha has perished, that the kingdom of God has begun. Let us wait in, in joyful expectation of, of God's wisdom. Let, let us shout Hosanna and truly mean it when we say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Will you pray with me? Holy God, we come to this first day of Holy Week with our own expectations of what Palm Sunday means, of what the Last Supper entails, of, of what Good Friday does for us, of, of what happened on Saturday, and what occurred that early Sunday morning. We come with expectations of what a savior is and what work you did through him for us. And sometimes God, our expectations are colored by lenses from human wisdom. The wisdom of the world that says that kings don't die, that power is never weakness. And that mystery, mysteries for fictional stories. God, as, as we walk with Jesus during this week, 
help us to lean not on our wisdom, but on yours. Help us proclaim the foolishness of the cross, which is our hope of salvation. Because God, this story is not our story written by us, but is your story in which we participate. Help us to learn what it means that we believe in a God who defies expectation because we walk alongside a man named Jesus who rode on the back of a donkey defying all expectation. A man who taught us to pray these words. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. I see a generation